Underwood. Thin ice! <laughs> to smoke some weed and shut up. My God. Oh, I thought for sure. There it is. Boom! Yes! Okay, Illinois Basketball Podcast, episode 188, January something, 8th, 2024. Uh, second one of the year. How about that? Big big stuff there. Um, you sound happy to be here. Your beard's still there, I noticed. Given the, given the events of yesterday on the football field, I don't think it would be right to do it right before a playoff game. So That's I feel not- like... No. Well, I'm working with two teams right now. You know, it's a tough spot. I'm not going to shave my beer before a playoff game, and then be it would be my responsibility if they lost. It's 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 just yeah. the way it has to be. Hey, maybe everybody in here that's a Bears fan, tell your team to not suck. I mean, it's that simple. Uh, anyway, shout out to uh, Marcus Damask and Coleman Hawkins going back and forth on Twitter about that game. Yeah. Uh, you know, Damask being from Wisconsin, so being on the winning side of something for once, you know, unlike the uh, Hawkins Bears fans types. Anyway, uh, Illinois coming off of a loss, which a game that feels like it was days ago. It was Friday night. Uh, yeah, it does. Uh, it's been talked up and down on Twitter uh, <laughs> both is... ways, uh, sideways and up ways. And now we're going to talk about it four days later when it doesn't matter. So, yep. Uh, that's just that's just how it goes. So Wyatt, what's going on? Lunkers, how you doing? Uh, except for the Go Pack Go thing. Uh, Steve, how you doing? Quackle, what's going on? Jeffrey, how are fun you? Fact, Jeffrey's fun got fact. A big Who cares? Who cares about Jeffrey? Fun fact: the Chicago Bears have never beaten the Green Bay Packers in the life of this podcast. How about that? Okay. So all the people in the chat on Friday night that were talking smack, Imbrots, where are you at? I mean, before we get to the the less important stuff, which is the Illini, uh, my hands bleeding. I mean, you sound like a Purdue fan right now. Just keep hand bleeding shit after you win. Hand bleeding. Uh, (laughs) Cold weather does it to you, Uh, but it looks it looks cool. You you punch in the wall or what? Probably not allowed to show that on YouTube, so be careful. Anyway, (laughs) a little blood. Nothing happened. Um, Okay, just just to say this. I just don't understand how anybody who is a Bears fan could have been confident going into that game. It just it's funny to me. Anyway, I have no no other place to say this stuff. So I want to get it out there, especially since we have a, an audience that's from the state of Illinois, mostly I would guess. So there are probably some Bears fans in here. And you know, more power to you, but sucks yeah. to suck. I don't know. What do you want to say? Uh go to Jeffrey's comment. Uh I love you too, Ethan. Well, up there. No, up there. Oh, that's fine. I mean, we're going to get into it eventually, but okay. Uh, multiple podcasts with Purdue fans, talking heads, complain about the flagrant foul called at the end, and then they have the nerve to complain about Illinois fans as well. Would love to bring this up today. Uh, we'll good talk for about you. later. <laughs> um, yeah, good for you. I was going to bring it up anyway, so uh, here we go. Whoa, um, we're ta- we've both taken a shot at him already. Let's relax. I, that wasn't a shot. I said, "Good for you." We're bringing it up, anyways. How was that a shot? You're crazy. Condescending, a bit shot. condescending. I believe the text that I received the other day from you was, uh, "You're going to piss it? people off, including me." So I'm curious. To see I mean, we were kind of going at it at the game. Heather was uh, Heather thought we were going to beat each other up. 
anything. Uh, no, that would never happen. It's just a game. But yeah, uh, I said you know. it. I said it. It's content. Other, calm down. Uh, I just stepped in. The Bears are going to draft defense <laughs> and let our quarterback. Let, let keep fields, I guess. I don't know, but let's just say this about football before we get to the less important stuff, which is the <laughs> Illinois basketball. Uh, it, I've been hearing that for years. I hope it happens eventually. I mean, at some point, you know, it's just it's embarrassing. I mean, I think, uh, I think the stat that that really stands out before we, like I said, before we get to the less important stuff is that the uh, Chicago Bears, what year were you born? Uh, 1985. Okay, so. That was a good year for him. Let's fast forward oh, seven yeah. years. The Chicago Bears uh, are 15 and 50 against the Packers since 1992. So, anyway, uh, good yeah. game to everybody that was in the chat. A lot of Bears fans in the chat Friday night chopping it up. Good, good banter back and forth. Uh, and a good game, even though it was the clo- it was the it was the biggest seventeen to nine blowout you'll ever see. So that's uh, what I heard. Um, me and Heather spent the day, you know, just traveling around, enjoying our day, and I barely even watched it. So, well, just go look at the stats side by side, and you'll be like, "How the hell is I, this?" Name my brother game? sent the stats. Yeah, uh, Green Bay definitely dominated that game, kind of like Purdue dominated this game against Illinois. It's true. True. I, I would say that, that these games do mirror each other a little bit, except the difference I would say is that the Illini did make it really, really close, which kind of be the equivalent of the Bears got into the red zone when they were down eight, which they really didn't. I mean, I mean, kind of it'd be kind of like if they called that uh, that penalty on Green Bay when. Fields was clearly sliding, like how they called the. Well, if you want Jonathan Owens, if you want where, the where they called the flagrant, um, right? Well, Lance Jones. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of how this game could have been closer. But a flagrant gives you free points. That a flag like that doesn't. Plus, I don't know if you want gives safety you two when Coleman Hawkins travels afterwards. True, there's a few possessions that really hurt them. But if you want to, <laughs> if you want safety, Jonathan Owens to alter physics. I mean, field should slide earlier. That's it's mm. that simple. But whatever. Gary um, should not jump as high. Also, that's the the weird thing about that flagrant is I think obviously in the heat of the moment we thought it was a flagrant, but I think looking back on it, it I'm not so sure. It was absolutely I, a flagrant. Um, man, I don't know. I I just don't my my defense my by thought, by rule what, of the book that fair, is a flagrant. We've fair, had it called against us before. I fair, I know we but have. I don't know what Lance Jones is supposed to do. Would be my my stop thought. backing up. I mean, it, I it's, Gary, it's the only way to stop. Yeah, yeah Gary was a big reason why that happened, though. Yeah, but it, but yeah, there. Like, I know this has happened to Illinois. I know it's probably happened to ninety percent of teams in college basketball. It's just the way it is. It is what it is. I would also say, by rule, the Luke Goody foul on Luke Goody was the right call because he Luke Goody should have got completely called for a. Something more. He, I mean, he completely clearly grabbed him and, yeah. and tried to pull him. Which, out, so looking back on that, I was wrong about that see, as well. Yeah, you see me. Okay, so you, I'm not going to piss you off because now you're seeing the light of the day. Okay, but we disagree on the flagrant thing. But that's just because I think the rules in a lot of spots are stupid. I don't really know what Lance Jones is supposed to do there, and I think Quincy was almost pulling a Dalton connect and trying to get himself hurt because he like I don't think he needed to do all that. He, he was just trying to jump for a rebound, was he? Not? I guess Brad was making a call of, "Hey, we've we've messed up a couple of possessions here. We gotta we gotta get a call here." Just That's obviously a joke, but have to call it to protect the player because it's the same as a defenseless receiver. I agree. It's something you have to call. I think it's crazy that Purdue fans, after a win, complained about this. Yeah, that is it true. is actually insane. To me, we but. Illinois Illinois got a pretty good whistle. I will take that whistle every day of the week. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, if you can, Illinois did everything right to win this game, and they, they and they still weren't even. They honestly were not in this game at all. I, I'm going to say that, and and this is what I'm going to say, and this is what I thought would piss people off. I don't know if it is. Uh, stop saying that we were without our best player. Yeah, that's that's the stupidest yeah. thing I've ever heard. Is to say that we're without our. It's not because he rolled his ankle. Okay, let's stop saying. We don't have our best player. We might never get our best player back. So it's not like Illinois might have won this game with Terrence Shannon Jr. Terrence Shannon is is irrelevant right now. Um, Illinois was not in this game. I, you know, you could say, oh yeah, they fought back. There was grit. There were some calls down the stretch that made this game look a lot closer than it was. Illinois probably should have lost this game by ten points. Eleven points in the first ten minutes. That'll kill you. Uh, they yeah, were down what out twenty to four. To- 20 to four. Okay. Um, With all of that said, I think there are some positive takeaways, but like you said, I mean, you look at the win probability throughout this game. Illinois was never even like close. No, Uh, the closest they were was uh, the, it was 83.7% chance for Purdue to win. And that was at, after Illinois went on a 15 to two run and the score was 27, 21. That's yeah. the lowest Purdue's win probability was outside of the beginning of the game where it was 80.3 when they went up 3 nothing. So that's a big I, part of it. Uh, I, don't I, do know, think- yeah. I don't know if this is a game where I, there's been a lot of Illinois people that are like, I'm proud of our team. And like, they, like I'm, I wasn't so like, you don't start off 20 to four and then say, oh yeah, I'm proud of my team and how they fought. I, I don't think they fought back as closely as the score indicates. I think I also think that it's hard to not bury yourself in a game like this, especially when Purdue comes out making everything. Well, especially when your coach says that he knew that that Purdue was going to put Edie on Ty Rogers, and then he he says that it's okay because Ty got some layups, he just missed them. Ty was like one for four; he missed yeah. three layups. That doesn't make up. Yeah, I also think that him. you have to give some credit to Purdue's defense early they were elite in the early uh, yeah. in the first 10 minutes their defense yeah. was painter definitely there. knows how to how to run rotations and and make people get you know not good look good good looking shots so um jeff says i don't think he did it on purpose it had to be called i i agree um lunker says tkr cooked us Edie didn't do much and that's the thing is Edie played 23 minutes, scored 10 points, and we're like, oh, it, it was close. Like, what if Edie didn't have four fouls? Like, Illinois could have got beat by 40. Uh, Mackie kicked our ass in the first five minutes. Deer in headlights, says Steve, along with Ren. Yeah. Kylo Ren tore it up. Anyways, our players of the game, I haven't even got to it. 10 minutes in, I you know, Ethan's got somewhere to be at 430, guys. We got to get going. Mm. I could be there. I could, you know, 428 if I show it's, you know, I don't have to go anywhere. It's just, yeah, we'll be fine. Um, so I went with Quincy Garrier once again. Um, you know, looking back, I don't know if this is the best pick. I'm kind of disappointed. Neither of us went with Luke Goody, honestly. Um, but Quincy, 38 minutes, 18 points, seven for 13. He was 0 for 1 from three, four or five from the line. 10 rebounds, so another double-double for him. Only had one turnover. As a team, Illinois didn't turn the ball over too much this game, which you gotta you gotta like. So um may have to do with Ty Rogers being on the bench for most of the game, but who knows? I mean, uh, is is Ty a turnover machine or something? I, he had two in 13 minutes. 
Uh, yeah, it's not great, but other games, he's been averaging like two he a has. game in 25-plus minutes. I agree. Um, there was a lot of people that were hating on Quincy and you know saying that he didn't need to play. I didn't understand watch party. That was kind of weird. Um, it, you know, I, I said it multiple times during the watch party when he went and he switched over to his left to avoid the charge call um, with Braden Smith right in front of him. He didn't make the shot, but he definitely threw it off the backboard so he could get the rebound. So um, he's just – he continues to be, I will say, number two because Damask has been so good lately. But I think he has the potential to be number one if he has to be. And Damask is having an off night. So, yeah, Quincy. And I think this is like my fifth game. Where Did I, where Quincy – I feel like he missed like his first three shots maybe. Like he had some layups and runners. Illinois missed. I don't know how many bunnies in that first 10 minutes. It was a lot though. The fact that the, even the numbers make this game look really close, which is funny to me, but uh, I think if you watch the game. Except for the, except for rebounding. Yeah. And that was a problem. And that's probably why we can't go with Luke Goody. Zero rebounds. That's tough. Yeah. Uh, I went with Damask. I thought Damask was not great in the first half. But then I think they really got to his stuff in the second half, and he was like doing what he's done in multiple games now, which is just carving up another team's defense. Um, which this is like the third game of him doing this. Uh, obviously, 33 against FAU, uh, 32 against Northwestern, 20. This is the least efficient version of that. But I think anytime you can get 26, 3 and 5 out of Damask, uh, 8 of 17 from the field, 1 of yeah. 2 from 3, 9 for 10 from the free throw line. Had a steal, a couple of turnovers, played all 40. I think we'll take that any day. Yeah. Yeah. The five assists, too. I mean, he he continue, continues to to distribute the ball. I think he had six last game. He had – did he have eight one game, or am I crazy? He had 11 against uh, 11. FDU. Okay. Seven, seven – so the last four games, seven against uh, Missouri, 11 against FDU, uh, six against Northwestern and five against Purdue. So, and that was after Colgate he had zero, and he started yeah. to uh, get those numbers up. Yeah, um, and, and he played the whole game. Um, Brad said forty minutes. I can't remember the last time I played a player forty minutes. That's very rare. I think is what that's supposed to say. One of the best conditioned players I have ever coached. Um, he said that he is a quiet leader. Uh, he is. Uh, as hard of worker for the program as he has seen, he's cerebral and he's smart. Cerebral is a is a new one. Um, Locker says we got to be ready for MSU. They got beat by the Cats. Yeah, I'm not really happy about them coming. Off by the, the way, Cats. by the way, Coleman Hawkins played 49 of 50 minutes against Michigan double overtime last year. So that's close. That's the closest example I can find. He's the only guy I can think of that would have had a chance to play that's that crazy. many. Also played 42 of 45 against Texas last year. It's pretty good. There's no way there's anybody else that's an example. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I, I assume Io never played a full game. No way. Uh, Jeff says, I was more angry when we lost to Tennessee because we didn't have an answer for that game. At least we did this game, just figured it out too late. Yeah, I mean, the disappointing thing is that Brad said he knew it was going to happen. It happened, and then he still tried to attack it. Correction. Um, January 10th, 2021, Io played all 40 against Maryland in a loss. Okay. So 
66-63 loss. Io played all 40. Nice try, Brad. Nice Can't try, slip Brad. One by me. Also, Io played all 40 minutes on uh, March 8th, 2020 against Iowa, last game of the season, last game before COVID. He played all 40. That's two examples right there, Brad. What do you have to say now? Nice try. All right. Well, Brad's never coming on. Uh, and Brad said, just if we make bunny layups, we miss, we win the game. Can you win with a point guard who can't shoot? That is the question. I don't think there's any scenario where they win this game, though. I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, they just weren't in this game. Uh, Kaufman played his butt off. Yeah, he was really good um, when Edie was limited. Edie, I think, went five for five from the field. Still, yeah, he did. So um, he didn't miss. Uh, Lunker says, go Illini, go Pat, go, go Suns. And this is obviously your alt account, we know. Yeah. Um, he also says, hit the like button, subscribe. Uh, I think we're in the 430s now. I haven't looked in a while. I had three people subscribe Saturday night. You're welcome. Well, that's big news. Maryland Maryland lost to Minnesota. Yeah, we'll get to that. 434. Um, Steven says, if Edie plays 10 more minutes, they aren't winning by 20 more points. I think we actually struggled more with Edie out in the first half. I think that's true. The, I think that Purdue definitely played outplayed Illinois at when Edie was out. It's hard to say that they struggled more because Edie was in for the first 10 minutes when Illinois scored four points, right? So, um, I don't know if he's in for all 10. I, I think, yeah, he's... close enough. Anyways, uh, Coleman Hawkins, 35 minutes, three for nine, two for five from three. I think we said he needed to go three for six. Also, he's Illinois, all, L, Illinois went had 11 points in the first 10 minutes. Nice try, uh, three for four from the line, three rebounds, six assists. One steal, one block, two turnovers. Thoughts on Coleman in this game? Made a three to make the game. Made a big three. A I feel three. like feel like he passed up on a lot of shots he this did. game. Um, the travel, the travel was bad. The travel was brutal. Um, the fact the, that they the, wasted thirty the, seconds the, of a possession. The flop. Yeah, was was brutal. Him complaining as he lands on top of somebody. I mean, that's that's three points you're gifting them at the I end think, of the half. I think a lot of people who didn't notice before noticed the uh, complain to the refs thing. I mean, they made sure to zoom in on him at the end of the half, and he was just complaining. Stuff, so. stuff. I mean, we we've known it the whole time. It's yeah. it's a secret we've been trying to keep, uh, but it's hard <laughs> to do that. In a game like that on a Friday night when there's no other game going on, everybody watching it. And Seth Davis, I mean, he kind of got himself a bit back in the good graces of Illinois Twitter today by saying that he's not going to drop them in the rankings until they lose or, or not drop them out until they lose a game that isn't to like number one or whatever. Cause there was a Kentucky fan complaining, which like, shut up if you're a Kentucky fan, shut the hell up, you loser. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, his, I, I think his, it's fair to drop one spot losing to yeah. Purdue on the road, especially the AP guys that probably just saw that it was a five-point game. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, but it's almost a bit with, with the way Seth Davis tweets during Purdue games. If he's going for engagement on those tweets, it's great. But I don't even know if he is. Like, the way that he tweets about, like, oh, Zach Eady getting screwed by the refs per usual. Zach Eady, by the way, who was called for zero fouls in three games going into this, which how that guy can go an entire game without getting a foul call on him is insane to me. Uh, but either way, I thought there's definitely something to the fact that they they just can't 
if they called every time ED was fouled, the game would take four hours, which that's just the way it is. We saw some of that when Kobe was here, yeah. and it's it's annoying. But yeah. also, and some of those Purdue that, is they, fourteen and one, so they don't need to be complaining about the refs. Yeah, I, the, we that was the only thing that the refs, um, the complaining of the refs when you win a game is crazy. But you know, uh, Jeff says we changed our defense in the last five minutes but can't pinpoint the switching and spacing in the right words. I'll have to go back and look at that. Uh, Hayden says, 130 left in the game. Coleman passed a huge three and wasted 30 seconds, and we got bailed out by a flagrant. Yeah, that last that possession where Illinois needed a bucket and they just wasted time. I think they they passed up at least three open looks in that possession. Um, yeah, and, and definitely got bailed out there. So, yeah, Coleman, I mean – Good game, but you know, there's there's spots where he could be better. Uh Luke Goody, 35 minutes, 16 points, five of eleven, four of eight from three, two for two from the line, two steals, two turnovers, the big glaring thing, no rebounds. So uh, uh we kind of already talked about the Edie thing. Um career so, high in minutes, career high in minutes. Career high, really. Yeah. Uh he played 32 against Northwestern. That was a career high and then 35 surpasses that before that it was uh 27 minutes his freshman year against michigan state if you remember that game uh i believe they were without kofi in that game and uh goody made three threes uh they won the game 56 55 over a good michigan state team that was uh 15 and three going into it so uh yeah 30 30 Five minutes now, a career high for him. And you know, the fact that he didn't have any rebounds is surprising. Yeah. But Illinois sunk Illinois. themselves in the glass early. Like they started Illinois to catch up rebounds. a little bit uh, with offensive rebounds. They were like way down. It ended up still being 18 to 12, but yeah, it was a lot worse than that early. But uh, yeah, rebounding was an issue. It was. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I mean, you know, Braden Smith grabbing six, Gills grabbing eight. You know, it, you, you got to have Illinois got to have guys that can step up and get some rebounds. <clears throat> um, Brad had one elite in the post game, and it was about Luke. He said Luke's minutes have changed, and his capacity to shoot the three ball is elite. Um, and then he was asked about uh, Goody shooting through his his slump. I don't like. I don't even know when Goody had a slump. But Brad said, quote, if you think for one second I worry about Luke Goody shooting the ball and having problems shooting it, it's the only reason I played him. It sure wasn't for his rebounding tonight. Luke's one of the best shooters in the country. If he isn't on the court, Marcus isn't as successful as he is. Coleman isn't as successful as he is. Uh, two for 12 going into this game in the last three. Okay. I guess he was struggling. He's down to 41% dropping. Ouch. Dropping hard. I mean, he shot fifty percent this game, so he's actually he is up. To was dropping, yeah. Was dropping. <laughs> I think it was only like forty going in. So. Yeah. Uh, Ty Rogers, probably the most talked about non-factor in this game. Uh, Thirteen minutes, two points, one for four, two rebounds, a block, and two turnovers. Uh, we already talked about it. Brad talked in the post game about how they knew Edie was going to do. They were going to do this. Edie was going to guard him. Um, Brad was asked if by one of the guys, if he felt comfortable with Ty Rogers shooting the ball, like just to put a shot up and Brad immediately went to him missing layups. So I don't, I guess Brad isn't comfortable with him shooting the ball 
it, it's it's absolutely crazy to me. Like one, just shoot one. Who cares? What? It, I, how many empty possessions did Illinois have? Just just once. Because they already think you can't shoot, so you might as well just prove it to everybody. Um, Harmon, 24 minutes, five points, two of six, one of three from three, four rebounds, two assists, a turnover. Uh, he was your player to watch. You said that he needed to make some more threes. He did not continue to make as many threes. He didn't have as many looks in this I game. He, I thought he played okay. Um, yeah. Three offensive rebounds. Yeah. Uh, two assists. Made a three. I, you know, we can't expect him to do what he did in the previous two games every night, especially in this environment and a different uh, circumstances. Obviously, played fewer minutes than he did against Northwestern. Um, I am surprised to see that he took six shots. That's a bit of a surprise. Had three yeah. fouls as well, but uh, it's fine. I mean, not a great game, but definitely not as big of a concern as the tie thing. I would say. Yeah. I agree. Um, DGL, uh, nine minutes. I don't even know what that says. Nine oh one. What was I? Oh, I, mean, oh for I, was, one? I was doing this in bed last night. So yeah, oh for one maybe. Yeah, he was. <laughs> An assist, a steal, and four fouls. Uh, I think Brad said go in there and chase that Braden Smith guy around as hard as you can. Four fouls in nine minutes, man. Um, he did get the the big uh, foul call against Edie on the screen. Um, people are were really impressed by DGL's play in this game. Were you really impressed by his play in this game? Looking back at some stuff and some other charts and such, I thought he was more impactful than we we thought. Uh, but I mean, you just look at the box score; nothing crazy. So I don't know. What what? I think he was a positive plus minus, wasn't he? Let me look. Maybe there weren't many. Well, if he was, then that's you know that's good. Gonna take me like an hour to find this. That's fine. Uh, Jeff says, "Can we have a real conversation about Dane? If Kofi was on this team, you can bet Braz is running a package. What in that on Brad. offense to get Braz? <laughs> it says Braz, dude. Yeah, but figure it out. I mean." He's gonna be running the package other than Brad. I mean, I thought you liked me. I thought you liked me misreading Jeff's stuff. Jeff needs to get download the Grammarly extension, Jeff. (laughs) Uh, To get him evolved, I can argue Dane was just as much impact on offense as Ty. Uh, Yeah, Dane. Dane, I I don't know what's going on with Dane right now. Uh, He stinks. Uh, Four players, four players above negative plus minuses. Uh, Quincy Gary was a zero. Goody plus one. I mean, Hawkins, your leading score was minus five because he played the whole game. Yeah, so. yeah. Hawkins plus three. DGL plus 11. Wow. So, I mean, DGL impact, yeah, he was certainly out there, you know? Yeah. He was out there when the team scored. Yeah. Uh, tied minus 23, by the way. Uh, I think DGL played Braden fair. I agree. I thought he played good defense against them. DGL is starting to settle down. His minutes should start going up. Sounds good. Dane Danger, six minutes, two rebounds, and assist a block. Is, does Dane see 10 minutes in a game this year from here on out? Yeah, why not? <laughs> okay. They play Penn State, right? 
Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, other notes and quotes. Uh, we kind of have talked about literally everything I wrote down. So uh, I really don't have much. Uh, Gillis hit a couple back breaking threes against Illinois. Um, Purdue, of course, was seven of 10 in the first half from three. They went two of nine in the second half. Brad said of Gillis, quote, I've always thought Gillis is a stud. I love him. He finds way to finds ways to kick my ass every time we play them. So it's great. Uh DGL's mom is off Twitter. Your thoughts? I uh, we'll see how long it lasts. Uh she said I am done, and then she commented like seven times to people. So yeah, that, that situation's a tough uh, one. Go ahead and go uh friend her on Facebook though, because Apparently she's still over there. <laughs> it's uh I think DGL probably said mom, please stop. Yeah, I would hope so. If not DGL, then somebody else that has you know yeah has some sort of maybe Tyler Underwood said something. Yeah, I'm sure that it's just Tyler it's it's just that. bad. It it's just not good. And uh I did say something about it before the game during the watch party. And it's not something we really talk about on here, but it is, I mean, it's out there. You look oh, well, at the, she's uh, not going to attack us on Twitter now. I guess we can talk about her. Even if she did it, like, who cares? I mean, it's I know, clearly I know. words coming from, uh, you know, I won't even go there. Let's just, yeah, well, yeah. it's not. Uh, Steven says Illinois down 24, 17 when Edie checked out in the first half and the lead grew to 47, 32 at half with no Edie. Um, yeah. They'd actually got within a three point game, I believe. Um, and then I think Purdue it was started knocking six. down shots, right? I think it was 27 six. 21. Yeah. Okay. Closest it got was 27 21. Okay. Well, it would have been 44 32, I think. I don't think Lance Jones is going to make that. And then Coleman, you know, laid on him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jinx says, I believe Dane is playing poorly because he might be frustrated with lack of minutes he is getting. Well, that's not any way to. Get more playing time. <laughs> Tell that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it looks good on paper that you only lost by five. But let's not kid anybody. Illinois was never in this game. Um, you can say they had grit and they fought back. I think kind of I think Purdue kind of slacked off once they were up 20 and now won know. the second half. Illinois yeah, won the second great. half. You're negative. I, that's fine. I, I'm gonna be negative. I told you you're gonna be not happy with me, but I, yeah, I'm like I'm not like I don't think there was. I don't. I don't know. I don't see any positives out of this game. Really, really, that's an insane thing to say, especially it's against fine. against Purdue. Like of all teams, if this was any other team, I'd be like, yeah, I see that. But against Purdue, like you don't think it's a positive that Marcus Damask had 26 against Purdue, or you don't think it's a positive? I, like I'm Luke pretty Goody sure made during the game, you were pissed off at Marcus Damask and said, he first, I said the first half was brutal. He couldn't make anything, wasn't doing anything. They took it up a notch. He realized, okay, I don't want to look too bad against my former teammate here. I will say Luke Goody going four of eight is one positive I will take away from this. Okay, how about uh, an interesting stat where you have 11 assists combined between Coleman and uh, Damask? It's positive. Yeah, Ooh. that sounds great. Uh, Jeff says Dane isn't playing poorly. I mean, when Dane's played, he's he's putting up points. He's been fine. It's just uh, 
Please do transfer. You think we care if he transfers to Minnesota? I mean, what what the hell is that going to do? Yeah, I, there's a good chance Dane doesn't play on this team next year. It, Especially it's not his. I said a couple weeks ago, it's not his fault overall. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not better. saying that it is. They're better I, with, uh, you know, without. Uh, Matt says, I hope Quincy doesn't go back to bad three point shooter after landing on the same wrist. Yeah, he. I guess afterwards he said that it did hurt. He was going to get some. Uh, some treatment on it. I don't know how you treat a wrist, but he said he was going to get some treatment on it. Um, he did make both free throws though after doing it. So nothing positive and time to worry about the next game. Yeah, we're talking about a Bears fan saying that. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I think we have to have more than just one offensive concept on how to play. They ran Michigan, Jeff. Did you see him run Michigan? They ran an offensive play. Jeff, 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 we cannot sit here and critique <laughs> the offense right now, man. They're sixth in the country in efficiency. I agree. Sixth in the country. This is like Brad's second best offensive efficiency of all time, and he had a 126 offensive efficiency at uh, at Oklahoma State, number one in the country. So, like, I don't think we can do that right now. Like, I get it. I think you have to give a lot of credit to the way Purdue defended and I think you also have to agree, think about yeah. the fact that Ty Rogers was unplayable in this game. And even if they did know it was coming, I don't think Purdue was going to give up a ton of points early with the way they were defending. Yeah. I mean, like I, I love, I love Ty Rogers, but him playing 13 minutes in this game, he pretty much had the same stat line as he does when he plays 25 minutes. You need to, figure out some sort of solution with this. I think Damask bringing the ball up is maybe your number one option now. Yeah. If teams are going to do this, I don't think there's a ton of teams that can execute as well as Purdue did. Uh, but I think other teams are going to do something, and Illinois has got to figure out how to counter that. I think it's good if this is going to be something that happens the rest of the season. I think it's good that it happened with several games yeah, left. Got exposed. Play. Yeah, got exposed now for sure. And um, I, Ant Wright was going a lot harder on on this subject on Twitter than we are. Obviously, he knows much more about X's and O's in basketball than we do. Uh, but the bottom line, and he said this, is that Ty Rogers is very valuable for this team. So they have to figure out the best way to use him. Sure. And uh, it it's going to probably come down to other guys needing to handle the ball more than they have. Outside of Damascus, like Coleman's probably going to have to start doing a little bit of it again, depending on the matchup. I could see Harmon getting some responsibilities with that. Uh, Dane Danger, look at look at how great he looked in the open floor with that pass to uh, Harmon, obviously against Northwestern. Yeah, yeah. So he might be one of the best. Throw Dane at the one, we'll see what happens. Um, Quincy can Quincy dribble? I'm sure Quincy can dribble. A lot of versatility, a lot of switchability. DGL as well. I forgot about him. Max Williams possibly. AJ Red, Ashton Kutcher. I mean, we got some guys. I think Ashton's out for the season. What a what a shame! He had a yeah. hell of a run. Yeah, uh, Jeff says we still have a weak spot and have to find a way to come over, get over that. Uh, Ty wow. excels elite at the four. Says Embrot. Uh Jeff says I actually agree with Tyler. I think Carmen should be bringing up the ball. Uh, Hayden says, "Does they not counter that? Give DGL more minutes to prep." us for more teams doing that but illinois best offense and the best way for them to score is more of a five out 
Like we don't need Dane holding them. Like the half court offense is not going to be as good if Dane's playing the five. I just think that's an obvious fact. Unless Dane continues to want to pass the ball out, which he has done recently. Well, in I mean, that's when Dane came in, that's what they were. They went to a Coleman Dane lineup. Yeah. Which you I know, think is more likely to have some success with that than anything else. Yeah, but it's not. Them. It's going to be hard to succeed against Purdue. Regardless, we can't be trying to work kinks out by having Dane and DGL playing all the time. That's just that, <laughs> especially when you have a bunch of twenty-four-year-olds in this team. Like, come on, what are we doing? That's true. So, and uh, also, yeah. we're going to critique an offense that scored uh, since the FAU game. Uh, 98 against FAU, then 79 against Tennessee, 74 against Colgate. That was a weird performance. That was a pre-Christmas. Uh, actually, it wasn't even because the, they did play Missouri after that. Anyway, 97, 104, 96, 78. Like, they're scoring a lot of points. The offense looks good. Some shots that have been going down recently in this game weren't going down. That's a product of playing on the road in a tough environment. That's a product of Purdue's defense. Uh, but we can't just sit here and pretend like Illinois didn't absolutely obliterate a Northwestern team that – was defending pretty well against some other teams. At least last season, that was their calling card. And they also, you know, held Purdue down enough, even though I didn't mean Purdue did score uh, like, what, 76 points in regulation against them. But uh, they also held Michigan State under 75 last night. So I'm not going to critique the offense right now. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Illinois, they kind of did everything you needed to do to beat Purdue, except win a game, um, you know, limited ED lawyer didn't do a whole lot. Um, but it's the other guy. It's the, it's the, you know, the three that Morton hit that hit off the front of the rim, then hit the backboard and went in. I mean, just things like that, that, you know, Illinois couldn't overcome. And again, I got to take away, take away the good things. Um, you know, all the good things Ethan said, it's not. I'm not trying to be that positive, but um, yeah. But you move on. You lost to the number one team in the country, and you got to find a way to beat Michigan State, who just had a loss to Northwestern. There's no reason to freak out over this game. I'm not freaked out. I'm not, well, I think some people are trying. I think Jeffrey's teetering on that right now. Is he? Well, I mean, they have the number six offensive efficiency in the country right now. Like I don't. We can. We can. I, whatever I don't know. <laughs> also, this is the same guy who thinks Houston isn't that good. I mean, okay, go go look at the numbers there. Uh, whatever your name is, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing. Houston hasn't played that hard of a schedule, but like they literally don't give up any points. It's insane. Go look at the point totals Houston's given up this year, and tell me they're not one of the best teams in the country, if not, you know, top three. Anyway, Illinois, Michigan State, Illinois dropped to number 10 in the poll, 11-3 and three in the season, 2-1 in the Big Ten. Michigan State, 9-6, and 1-3 in the Big Ten. Uh, this game's Thursday night, 8 o'clock, of course. God forbid we get a game that isn't 8 o'clock. Uh, FS1, I think the first night game that isn't 8 o'clock is like, what did I say, January 27th or something against uh, – or maybe it's the 30th against Ohio State. I think it's a Tuesday night at 6, so – God forbid. Um, yeah, Ohio State, six o'clock. Michigan State got up to a tough start. They were four and five at one point. They've obviously won five of uh, five of six since then. Obviously, destroyed Baylor um, and beat a very good Indiana State team before losing Northwestern last night. Uh, they lost 88 74. That was in Evanston. I think Evanston's proving to be a pretty hard place to play. I mean, Purdue and Michigan State both losing there. 
Uh, they actually have a home court advantage, unlike the uh, State Farm Center. Yeah. Um, Is Northwestern in session, or did those kids just not go home? Well, they're like, nervous. Was, they probably don't even take a break. I was surprised how many students they had. Maybe they care about ball. Uh, Aunt Wright on Twitter said, by the way, shout out to Armchair Line at armchairline.com. Completely forgot about that. Uh, my bad. Uh, I was trying to gloat in the football thing yesterday. Uh, Aunt Wright said on Twitter last night, says Northwestern was the first team he'd seen put an emphasis on being overly physical with Michigan State's guards off the ball. I think that should be a key for Illinois. I think Illinois has the personnel to be physical with these guards, so I hope that they employ a similar ideology or concept or idea of doing that in the game tomorrow or Thursday. What the hell day is it? It's three days away, I guess. I don't know why. Such a Today is Monday. Tons of, tons of, tons of days off. Whatever. <laughs> I view Michigan State, though. I think Michigan State's a team that's going to figure it out, and they will be trending upward. They will be over 500 in the Big Ten when March comes around. I know they're 1-3. and three. Illinois was one and three last year. So, and I, Illinois did finish. Uh, what did they finish in the Big Ten last year? I don't think they got uh, eleven and nine. See, there you go. Went ten and six after starting one and three. It's possible. Uh, I guess they started zero and three, so it would have been eleven and six. But whatever. Um, Michigan State projected lineup. Uh, AJ Hogard plays the one. He's six foot four, two ten, senior. Uh, 38 assists in the last six games, shooting 33% from three. Tyson Walker, 6'1", 185, senior, had 27 points, three rebounds, three assists against Northwestern, uh, 41% from three. Guard Jaden Akins, 6'4", 190, double figures in points over the last five games, 37% from three. Malik Hall, 6'8", 220, senior, zero points in 26 minutes against Northwestern last night. Uh, he did have 24, 5, and 4 against Penn State. He'll probably have 30 against Illinois because, you know, why not? <laughs> Uh, center Matty Sissoko, 6'9", 250, senior, 65% from two, super inconsistent overall offensively. Uh, then they have Trey Holloman, Cohen Carr, Xavier Booker, Carson Cooper off the bench. Michigan State, 65th in bench minutes at 36.7%. Uh, this starting lineup, they've been together for a long time. Those are the types of teams that figured out, especially with guards that they have. They will figure it out. I'd be stunned if they didn't. Uh, I just hope it's not in this game. Not, yeah, by Thursday. Like, I think uh, don't get bombed from three. Izzo was pissed last night. I yeah, I saw some videos circulating, but I didn't listen to it. I probably should have. Yeah, he wasn't happy. I, I mean, this is another like Damascus is going to try to find the guy that he can back down and do work against. And hopefully, Gary, Goody, Harmon, and Hawkins make threes. I agree. And Damask maybe squeeze one in. I want this team to defend very hard in this game. Because some of these games, you're going to need to play really good defense. I think they did that against Northwestern. Yeah. You got to do that, especially at home. You need to win your home games if you're Illinois. You have Absolutely. to win these home games. Absolutely. And this is a good resume game. I know that they're 9-6, and 1-3, and three, but guess what? They're a top-20 metric team. It's yeah. Michigan State. Illinois has had a ton of success against Michigan State in the last few years, uh, especially at home. So... I mean, it's not, and it's not like Michigan State's losing to, you know, nobody's... I, you know, James Madison, Duke, Arizona, Wisconsin, and then on the road to Nebraska in Northwestern. So, yeah, but like they should have won at least three of the two of those games. Probably. Yeah. Like Nebraska, 
and James Madison, and then one of the Wisconsin, especially that being a home game or Northwestern. Uh, but Ken Palm numbers, uh, Illinois is sixth in adjusted offensive efficiency and 18th in defensive efficiency. Michigan State 30th in offense, 24th in defense. Uh, shooting splits, this is two-point percentage, three-point percentage, free throw percentage, Illinois 56-35-71. Michigan State, after being horrible, remember how bad Michigan State was to start the year from three? Up to 36% now, 54 from two, 36 from three, 70 from the free throw line. Uh, Michigan State as a team is uh, 77th in three-point percentage now. Illinois is up to 107th. Uh, but the key is that Illinois is much better in, in inside the arc. So you're going to need Damask and Gary Hawkins, Rogers, all those guys finishing around the rim will yeah. be important. Um, and you look at Michigan State to start the season, uh, one for 20 from three against James Madison, uh, one for 11 against Southern Indiana, uh, six for 19 against Duke. That's not great, but it's fine. Seven for 20 against Butler. They did start to turn around, but like this team was two for 31 from three. At, uh, at the beginning of the season. So they figured it out uh, and are better than Illinois at three-point percentage. So there you go. Wow. As they um, probably should be. I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey says we could also work on playing bully ball as well, play a little too soft at times. Did you watch the Northwestern game? Like, I don't <laughs> understand how you can said just – sometimes. Uh, yeah. I, uh, but it's uh, not like this is a trend that's been happening for multiple games. They've been beating the shit out of teams for the last three weeks going into this game. Like Colgate, they played horrible and won by 17. against a Colgate team that's probably going to make the tournament. Illinois should have beaten them by 30. They destroyed Missouri. They destroyed Northwestern. Scored 104 against FDU. Like, we can't just take everything from one game and turn it into a big thing. Like, they're not tough enough or something, you know? And I know Jeff probably thinks I'm just saying this because I always like to disagree with him, but I just think that one game, especially on the road against a very good team, I don't think that the, there's a mentality problem with this team. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Embra says good defenders make Walker angry, lashing out is something to look for. Uh, MSU, the perfect game for bully ball. Uh, Matchup-wise, I guess it would depend, but uh, Embra says, I hope so, Jeffrey. He said we. We hope so, Jeff. Players to watch. Players to watch. Oh, players to watch. Sorry. Um, my players to watch. Ty Rogers. Um, I think after the Purdue game, you'd be stupid not to see what Ty Rogers does and um, how teams start defending them now. Uh, I don't know if Michigan State will be able to do this with Sissoko and if Hall will be able to handle Coleman Hawkins, but I think there's a good chance Illinois is going to see it. Um, and then for Michigan State, I went with Tyson Walker, um, arguably the best player on the court for this game. My question is, who guards him? Um, is Ty Rogers going to guard him? Are you going to put one of the whites on him? I mean, I guess what do you Ty, think? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we could see a lot of we could see some more DGL trying to guard the smaller guards. So uh, could see some of that action, but. Yeah, you got to keep him at bay. Um, I mean, good chance he's going to go off because that's what he does every game. So, uh, yeah. Tale of two different guards right here, Ty Rogers and Tyson Walker. Yeah. Uh, I'm going Coleman Hawkins and Jaden Akins. Uh, I think Coleman needs to make threes, so that would help. 
go like three for six. We'll say it again. Three for six. Uh, and Every I game, think please. If, if Akins is making shots, that'll be a big problem. Uh, very effective if he can score. And uh, it takes a lot of pressure off of Walker. And uh, Hogard, obviously, in the mid range is very good. So um, Akins is shooting, what did I say earlier? 37% from three. Uh, mm-hmm. You look at uh, their best one of the season, he only had five points. So I guess they can do it if he's not great. You'll need Walker and Hogard to be great. But uh, his best performance of the year, 22 points, four for seven from three, nine for 12 from the field against Stony Brook, who does stink, but still a good game there. So he's proven he can do it against those teams. Obviously, he did make two threes against Arizona, um, which has to count for something. But uh, some of the games that they've lost to good teams, he's done nothing. So, I mean, Wisconsin had two points. So hold Aikens down. I have to assume you're going to see Goody guarding Aikens, I guess, and then Damask on Hogard would be, my, I guess, what I would think right away. Um, yeah. yeah, there you go. Predictions. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do you think that Damask can take advantage of Hogard like he has other guys? I think Hogard's a little bit bigger comparatively, but we'll uh, see. What the heck did I do? Uh, Joe says Ty is too good of a rebounder not to have him in the game. He he can become too big of a liability though at, at times. So uh Jeffrey, I don't mean to bust your balls, Ethan, but threes are not gonna fall every game. Yeah, thanks. I had no clue. I mean, Illinois was literally 335th last season. So obviously the threes aren't gonna fall every game. And then you look at this season, they've been mostly consistent. However, I mean they did go nine for thirty-six against Tennessee and they lost. So Gotta make threes. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna go. I like I, I told you last night. I'm I'm not happy that Michigan State's coming off a loss. Uh, you know, Izzo's probably gonna have this team up. Um, but I'm still gonna go. I think Illinois is the better team, anyways. So I'm gonna go Illinois 81, Michigan State 73. Pretty similar here. Yeah, I'm going 83-72. I felt like maybe doing like 83-68, but I think it'll be closer than that. And uh I have a feeling both of us could be very wrong here, but you never know. Call we believe in our guys. Bad or? Yeah, but like, you can always lose to Michigan State, you know? I mean, unlike you, I don't think I've missed a prediction all year. So I'm really not too concerned about uh, them coming off of a loss. You're not? That doesn't that doesn't worry you? They lost back to What do you think games? the spread on this game is going to be? You think it's going to be something ridiculous? Four and a half or something? Illinois four and a half, yeah. I mean, they they let's think of this. Ken Bomb has an Illinois seven, by the way. Um, Illinois or Michigan State lost back to back to Wisconsin and Nebraska this year already. Last year they lost back to back Notre Dame and Northwestern. Then they lost back to back Illinois Purdue. They lost back to back Purdue Rutgers. It's not like it's impossible for them to lose back to back games, especially in a spot where like hey. Wisconsin, we didn't know how good Wisconsin was on December 5th. Like, we knew they were good. We didn't know how good. They lost to Wisconsin at home. It wasn't even close. They didn't even score 60 points. They lost by double digits. And then they go on the road to Nebraska and lose. So, Uh, Joe says Illinois is coming off a loss, too. Yeah, but Illinois is not sitting at one and three in the Big Ten right now. Uh, Steve says 91-67 Illini. Jeff says 94-79 Illini. Calm down, fella. How are they going to score 94, Jeff? They don't have an offense. 
Yeah. Uh, in Brats, if we lose this game, Hansboro could be right, and that just can't happen. He's not going to be right because yes. Illinois is not a fringe. If tournament. they lose the next 10 games, then yeah, he might be right. <laughs> I like think the that schedule, uh, the schedule looks pretty good for the, for the rest of the month. After I think they're game. predicted to win every game in April right now. April or January. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> what was that? Based on, oh, my Pom, goodness. based on Ken Pom metrics, just because they're seventh in the country right now in Ken Pom, they're projected to win every game until March 2nd against Wisconsin. March 2nd. Not that yeah. that matters, but they like, might win all the way into April too, guys. Their schedule does set up pretty well after this game. Like home <laughs> against Maryland, at a Michigan team that's reeling. Uh, home yeah. against Rutgers, at Northwestern's a tough one. Home against Indiana, then at Ohio State. Like that's not that bad. The bad part of their schedule, I think, is March with uh, Wisconsin, Purdue, and then at Iowa. Yeah. I don't think Iowa's that good either. But like January and February, they those are pretty favorable schedule numbers. Like even with the way this team is constructed right now, without number zero. Like they should still have a pretty good record in the Big Ten. Like fourteen and six would be great. Uh, Jeff says, "You know, I never said that. You're misrepresenting what I'm saying. Just giving a shit, Jeff. He didn't say that they didn't have an offense, but you're pretty close. <laughs> I think that was maybe your next step." And Broad says, "I did say we lose two all year. So dot dot dot. Can't lose again, huh? Can lose once more. I mean." Yeah, all right. Uh, around the Big Ten. Yeah, all right. Uh-huh. I don't know what the hell is going on in Ann Arbor, Michigan right now, outside of the fact their football team is playing for a national championship tonight. The basketball team is a disaster. Like, this is a team early in the season where I was like, okay, they could score. They might actually be good, and they look awful. They're 1-3 and three in the Big Ten now, 6-9 and nine in the season. Still have a top 30 offensive efficiency. They were probably hanging on for dear life after the way they started the season. Uh, but they have lost. They started four and two. They're two and seven since then. Started three and zero. Oh. They're three and nine since then. Uh, they've lost four in a row. They lost uh, double overtime on neutral site to Florida. They lost by eleven to McNeese State at home, who's good, but still they lost at home to Minnesota by two. And they played a semi away in Philadelphia yesterday. Lost to Penn State by six. Keep in mind, Michigan was up thirty-seven twenty-eight at the half and got outscored. Uh, uh, quick math there, quick math, quick math. 28, 51, nope. 52, 52 to 36 in the second half by Penn State. Uh, a Penn State team that's eight and seven, by the way, and, you know, not very good. Uh, and then I believe Juwan Howard had Phil Martelli be the acting head coach in the game yesterday. Very weird what's going on there. I don't understand. And Bardo made it sound like it was because Martelli had coached in that gym that's before. Just, that's just yeah, it's, his son is on the Penn State staff. All I know is this: there's no way Juwan Howard is the head coach there next year, right? I mean, there's no way. I mean, I'm surprised he still is now. There's so many things that have gone on, it's, and it is a weird situation. This is a team that uh, got to an elite eight three years ago. Yeah, somebody shared their what their record is since that. They're like forty and forty three since they got to the Elite Eight or something like that. Well, they went nineteen and fifteen the year after and got to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, uh, last year eighteen and sixteen, and then this year six and nine. So they're probably over five hundred, but not by much. 
it might have been 43 and 40. I don't know. It was something like that. That sounds like too many games with what you just said, though. So maybe it was never mind. Here's, anyways. Swing and a miss. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Michigan, not great. Uh, Wisconsin, the only undefeated team now in conference play, 3 0. They beat uh, Nebraska pretty easily, I would say. I don't think Nebraska was ever really in that game. Um, are you surprised to see? Hoiberg's son playing as much as he is for Nebraska. 20 minutes in this game, 23 against Indiana, 26 against K-State. He's playing a lot and doing uh, some things. Yeah, I mean, he's not playing bad, so. He's he's scored five points in like eight different games this year. Like His defense last- has been pretty good, right? That's what people have said i don't know i, I haven't yeah. watched a whole lot in nebraska you gotta, you gotta defend to be able to play he scored exactly five points in each of the last four games by the way you look at his scoring on the season 15 3 7 2 5 3 0 0 0 5 3 5 5 5 5 so not scoring a lot shooting 38 from three never thought he would play he's better than tyler underwood i'll tell you that uh so yeah wisconsin now 3-0, seventh offensive efficiency in the country, 35th in defense. Uh, they've won four straight after losing to Arizona. Uh, they started the year 1-2. and two. They are 10-1 and one since then with their only loss being to Arizona, but they didn't get destroyed by Arizona. Um, this is a good team. I think you look at their schedule, like the next two weeks of games for them, they have at Ohio State. That's a tough game home against Northwestern, at Penn State, home against Indiana, at Minnesota. So they could easily be, uh, that's what, five games? They could easily be like seven and one in the Big Ten to start. So they could be a dark horse to win the conference, I think. Uh, Obviously, their game at home against Purdue on February 4th is going to be enormous, as is the fact that they finished the season with Purdue on March 10th in, uh, in West Lafayette. So... Be on the lookout for Wisconsin to possibly win the conference. It wouldn't be that shocking with the way that their offense is going right now. And I think A.J. Storr is kind of like an alpha there already as a sophomore in his first year there. That's what it seems like to me. It seems like he is the guy. Like, he is the heart and soul of this team. He may not be, like, their most consistent best player. I think in a lot of ways he has been. But I think he's the guy there, which is it's tough. But – uh It'd be worse if he actually stepped foot on campus at Illinois, but he didn't. So <laughs> yeah, true. We're fine. He'd be a nice piece to have if, if Shannon didn't come back, and then obviously Shannon's gone now. So whatever. Uh, Indiana beat Ohio State on Saturday night. I really don't think this Indiana team's any good, but they are three and one in the Big Ten uh, from a metrics perspective. If you care about that, they're awful. Ninety fourth and ninety eighth in offense and defense. Uh, lost to Nebraska by 16, lost to Kansas by four, lost to Auburn by 28, lost to UConn by 20, and they just have beaten a bunch of bad teams until this win over Ohio State, significantly their best win by a mile. They won by six. Uh, Ohio State in this game, uh, seven of 27 from three. That's not great. 14 turnovers. Indiana you know, took care of the ball, only had four turnovers in this game. Malik Renault had 23 points, seven rebounds, one assist, one block, one steal. Uh, but if you're going to only turn the ball over four times, that's a, a good way to win if you're not a great offense, which Indiana is not. So I'll be curious to see how Indiana goes. But I mean, they have a three-game stretch from January 16th to the 27th of Purdue at home, 
so in Bloomington, Wisconsin on the road, Illinois on the road. Three games in a row with those three. So it, it, it would be in their best interest to win at Rutgers and beat Minnesota at home to be 5-1 and one going into those games. Because yeah. if you lose all three of those, you're down to 5-4. and four. That's not the worst thing in the world. Because uh, then you play Iowa and Penn State. So, But then they play uh, road games against Ohio State and Purdue. Like their hard games are like bunched up this year. So that'll be interesting to see how they handle that. But also looking at the metrics of the Big Ten teams, God, this conference sucks this year. It really <laughs> does. It's not good. There are three teams in this conference that have really good metrics, and Ohio State's like a little bit of an outside fourth. Other than that, it's 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 bleak. Uh, if you look at the overall adjusted efficiency margin, which is how they determine the rankings of teams on Ken Palm, Purdue is second, Illinois is seventh, Wisconsin is twelfth, Michigan State's nineteenth. So I guess they would be in the conversation for a good metrics team. Uh, but then you have. Um, Ohio State 36th is the next one after that. And then it gets even worse because then you have, you know, uh, Nebraska 52, Iowa 53, Northwestern 56. Not a good conference. It, it's a four-bid league if, if I had to make the decisions right now. But that's just not how it works, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> updates with the bracketology. I wanted to look at Lunardi's recent because I haven't really looked at it. I want to see what he's got in the Big Ten right now. I assume he probably doesn't update until tomorrow, maybe. But yeah, last updated know. January 5th. So when was the Purdue game? It was January uh, 5th. 5th. Okay, so he updated before this game, which I don't really think that affects Illinois that much. Uh, right now the Big Ten, seven bids, which is such a joke. This conference sucks. Uh, <laughs> Purdue, Purdue's a one. Uh, he's got, uh, let's see, let's see, Northwestern playing 12. Uh, Illinois is a three. Wisconsin is a four. Michigan State is a seven. How many did I list? Am I missing somebody? Purdue, Ohio State, seven. That's got to be it, right? Is that no, Nebraska? So that's, yeah. So Purdue, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State, Nebraska, Northwestern, that's seven. Not great. So it's five schools that have been pretty consistent for the last five years, and then the two schools that were the rock bottom of the conference like three years ago. So shout out Minnesota. They are always going to suck. Um, <laughs> All right, I think that's good. I mean, I I'll look at the schedule this week just to make sure we cover all the bases here. Yeah, um, any good games? Nothing tonight. Uh, we do have Purdue at Nebraska. Big test for Nebraska. If Nebraska can win that game. We might have something here. <laughs> uh, Indiana at Rutgers tomorrow. Those are uh, both Peacock games, by the way. So a Peacock yeah, doubleheader. Peacock doubleheader. Woo. We got our two best teams in the conference playing, Purdue and Nebraska, and we have to watch it on Peacock. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, Wednesday, we have Wisconsin at Ohio State. That'll be a great game. Uh, we also have uh, Northwestern at Penn State. Who cares? Uh, then Thursday, obviously, Illinois and Michigan State. The lead-in for that game is uh, Michigan at Maryland. Interesting game there. See if Michigan can bounce back in a hard place to play against a Maryland team that uh, has lost two in a row, lost to uh, Purdue and Minnesota. Um, then we have future Big Ten uh, team, UCLA at Utah. UCLA is spiraling, by the way. They're 6-9 and nine after a 5-2 and two start. 
things are not good over there right now. Put it that way. Um, Jeff says Nebraska loses by 25 or more. I don't think they do at home. I think they'll probably lose by 20, but a little under 25. Matt says freaking Peacock. I guess it's that time. I think that I think there's Tuesday doubleheaders during Purdue. Purdue has it way worse than we do on Peacock. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not basketball, but we have national football game tonight. Michigan versus Washington. Which Washington? Uh, I I would rather watch the battle on CBS Sports Network at six o'clock between Northeastern and Monmouth. Thank you. Ethan will be rooting for Washington. Nope. Um, we got we we go from an Illinois Purdue Friday night showdown last Friday to this Friday a Nebraska Iowa Friday night showdown. Watch out! Uh, Saturday games you got uh, Northwestern at Wisconsin. That's all I see. Maybe I missed one, but that's all I see. Northwestern at Wisconsin. Big game. Sunday, obviously, Illinois plays uh, home against Maryland. Rutgers at Michigan State. And that's it. So not even a good – the best game of the week in the Big Ten, I'll declare it right now, outside of Michigan State, Illinois, we won't count that for this, is Purdue at Nebraska. <laughs> Big game. Big better game. Get, better get Peacock for that game. Nothing's a better advertisement than that. And I think, like, N- Nebraska could be up, like, three at the half, and I wouldn't be that surprised. Like if Tomanaga just starts draining threes, it's a big problem. It could be down 40, too. Uh, prediction, 51-32 Nebraska at the half. <laughs> and then Purdue wins 97-60. to Okay. So that would be what? That'd be nine points Purdue in the second half. Purdue scoring 55-9 in the second half. I can see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also prediction, Sam Hoiberg has 35 points. All right, well. This means absolutely nothing. Good job. Clearly it doesn't, yeah. You know who they're really missing is the goggles guy from Nebraska. He transferred somewhere. Uh, what was his name? It was a German name. Uh, Wilhelm Breidenbach, is that his name? He was a stud. Sounds right. He was so, like, not good, but also, like, hey, you know, glue guy. Plug him in. Uh, let's see. Where's he at? Wilhelm Breidenbach. He's at Washington this year. I remember seeing him. Playing some minutes. He's shooting 54% from three this year. Seven of 13. Not a crazy sample size, but for a big man, he's a center. Eight of 13. Can you imagine if Dane Danger pulled up with just his left hand from three? I mean, come on. Yeah. There you go. Uh, uh, Jeff says the only reason Howard still has a job is because people are distracted by football. Uh, Devo says, I bet Howard has a hefty buyout. Yeah, it's Michigan, though. They can score. Yeah, I'm going to look that up. Read the ad. <laughs> All right. Uh, once again, we'd like to thank Alamo Steakhouse and Saloon at 700 East Broadway Avenue in Mattoon, Illinois. Uh, you can find them online at www.alamo-steakhouse.com. Uh, January specials are here. Tuesday, they're not open tonight. So Tuesday, go in there, get you a crispy buffalo wrap. On Saturday, they have a steakhouse meatloaf. So go check them out this weekend if you're looking for something to eat. A little comfort food for you. Um, if you'd like to be a sponsor for our episodes or the watch party, please reach out to us at Twitter or email us at Podcast at gmail.com. As always, we appreciate you guys being here. If you can like, subscribe, share, comment, whatever you do, um, you guys that stick through the whole thing with us, we appreciate you. Um, and thank you.
Yeah, I'm um, reading uh, Juwan Howard's buyout is four million dollars, but I, I jump change. But that's from last year, so I don't know what it would be now. But the other thing is, let's think about this. Couldn't they have just fired him with cause if there was actually an altercation between him and the strength coach? Like, I don't understand. Like, there's no way. Like, that should have been, especially since they had, like, a, almost a zero strike situation with him after the whole Wisconsin thing. I don't get it at all. Obviously, I don't think Michigan cares about the money in the in the buyout yeah, situation, but it's very matters. weird that he still has a job there. Yeah. Um, and I guess he was a big part of their program when he played, so maybe they wanted to end badly. But, like, you guys, John Beeline left and then – uh, Juwan Howard inherited a great program and then did well with it for a few years, and now it's really starting to slip. The opposite of Brad Underwood, who inherited an absolute shit sandwich for a program, <laughs> thanks to John Gross, and uh, built it back up. But hey, for sure, that one lady on Twitter that follows us and comments on all of our stuff on Twitter said it was a bad day for the Brad Underwood lovers or whatever during the Purdue game. So great. And, and then asked. when and then when people said stuff like, "Oh, was his game plan wrong? What did he ski? Was it were his schemes adjust, no adjustments?" And then she didn't reply. So, congrats. <laughs> uh, anyway, seems smart. We'll uh, see everybody after the Michigan State game, probably a Friday episode, I would assume. Yeah, Friday should work, um, and then we'll try to watch party Sunday. So, yeah, uh, luckily for everybody here, the the, the Packers oh, yeah, don't play Packers. until three. Well, they don't play until three thirty, and the game the line of games at one, so we'll be fine. Okay. Uh, we'll make it happen. Um, Might I, go straight into the uh, Green Bay watch party. Huh? Uh, relax with that. <laughs> and then we can shave your beard off after they lose. Uh, I don't know if they're going to lose. House money spot. I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right. Follow us on Twitter at Podcast Line. I'll be tweeting during the game Thursday night. And we will see everybody on Friday. Armchairline.com.